Greg and Josh are not paid critics. They are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They are just two nerds that love to talk about internet shows. However, they're still going to tell you about what they think. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of All Queued Up. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. I am your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is my co-host, Josh Fisher. Hey, everybody. Um, If you're new to the podcast, we are an internet streaming platform review and discussion podcast. We spoil the hell out of the shows, we talk about what we liked and didn't like, and we talk about the shows in their entirety. So we've watched every episode of a season of a show. Um, If you're curious where we watch our shows, it's Netflix, Hulu+, Plus. YouTube Red, Amazon Prime, so on and so forth. But uh, but yeah, um, if you guys want to know more about us, definitely check out allcuteuppodcast.com where you can see all of the links to all the places where you can listen to us. Um, also, just as a reminder, we do have a Patreon. So if you'd like to support the show and, you know, raise the quality of this as best as it can get, definitely, uh, you know, throw us, throw, us a, throw us a buck or two. But of course, as always, this is a free podcast, so don't feel obligated. Uh, that being said, this episode we are going to be talking about uh, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events Season 2. Uh, kind of a little bit about Season 1 as well, since Josh hadn't watched it, and he did over the course of the last two weeks. Um, and an um, anthology-based show called Electric Dreams, which was on Amazon Prime. Uh, also known as Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, but... Um, that being said, we're going to get into Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events Season 2. Uh, Josh, go ahead and let the audience know what Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events is about. Oh, well, it, is, it focuses on three children, the Baudelaire children. Uh, their names are Klaus, Sonny, and Violet Baudelaire. Violet being the oldest daughter, Klaus being the middle child, and Sonny being a baby slash toddler uh they basically lose their parents in a mysterious fire and they are facing the trials and tribulations of attempting to uncover their dark family secrets all while eluding the clutches of the nefarious count olaf yeah that sounds about right i think uh uh you've probably heard of this story a series of unfortunate events because of the um movie with jim carrey uh that came out in like what 2004 i think yeah it came out in 2004 but there's actually you know the book series started being published in 1999 yeah 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 yeah. um i think this the the entire 13 book series finished in 2006 um, yeah, 2006, I, maybe 2007 at the absolute latest, but yeah, I think it was 2006. Um, what makes this book series slash Netflix show fascinating is that it's it's marketed towards kids. Um, Absolutely, it is uh, it is meant to be that that thing for kids to enjoy. Yet it's dark comedy. Um, that's something I think if you're go, if this is something you want to watch, this is, that's definitely something you need to go in knowing about it is that it's, it is, it is dark in nature because there's so much like literally bad things that happen to not only the Baudelaire's, but everybody involved. Um, 
uh, one of my favorite things about this show, and uh, I'll, I'm going to ask you a question in a second here, Josh, but um, is how uh, Lemony Snicket is played by uh, Patrick Warburton, and he shows mm-hmm. up immediately, and he's just like, I don't know why you're here. This is not a happy story. You don't want to be here. You need to go do something else with your time. This is a sad story, and you're not going to be happy watching it. Yeah. Um, and I love that, because literally that's like, what, every, at least every episode, maybe every other episode, but... Um, oh, every episode he starts out, and he's like, the story you're about to see is not a happy story by any means. He, it's always in a slightly different way, too, which is fun. Yeah. Um, but, but my question for you, Josh, is that since we're going to be reviewing season two here in a second... What did you think of season one? I watched it when it was brand new, much like mm-hmm. Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> um, so what did you think of season one? Uh, I liked it. I found it a bit repetitive, um, but short enough to where it didn't wear out its welcome. Okay. Uh, it was eight episodes. Um, the imagery is fascinating. The style that it's shot in, it feels both... Modern and retro at the same time. Yeah. Like, it has, like, this 1930s era feel to it, but yet modern things are there. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is absolute genius as Count Olaf, and in everything he does, really, let's be fair. Um, But the kids, you know, usually child actors are a problem. These two kids did pretty good, you know, and you know the baby. I mean, a lot of the things that involved her, uh, like her gimmick with the super hard teeth and her knack for biting things into shapes, you know, that's CG, so, you know, it's not going to be hard. I wouldn't imagine it was super hard to work with the baby in that respect. Right. But I, I like the use of guest stars. Uh, I really enjoyed the guest stars. Uh Overall, I like the premise of the show, but as a casual viewer, not having ever read the books, only knowing that they were a book series, and I'm not the only one that felt this way, uh, carrying on into season two, it was just like same song and dance every episode up until it shifted and it wasn't. So it did that, I feel, just enough in time to where you wouldn't lose a casual audience. Interesting. I, I'm in the ballpark that I absolutely love this show. Could not get enough of it. I, I remember when the first season came out, and I think I binged it in a day. I was just like, I have to know what happens next. And I was upset that we, I, I didn't get more. Um, and then with this, like when I started watching season two, um, I was watching my nephew's. And I just mm-hmm. was like, well, they're doing other things. I got the Netflix in front of me. I might as well start it. And I watched mm-hmm. like three episodes there and then came home, watched two more and then finished it the next day. Um, maybe it's just that's that's my taste. I love dark comedy so much. And this show just like it's it's it has this certain charm that just clicks with me. Um, well, I mean, it's not so much. I, mean, I, I love dark comedies, too. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's just, I think that the overall overarching plot is too repetitive 
Um, See, it's not. I, I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from because every every story. By the way, folks, the show is built around the idea that every two episodes is one story or one book. Yeah, uh, yeah. which is really and that clever. works well. Yeah, because if you've seen the original movie, it was the first three books in one movie in one like two hour movie. Here, it's like every book gets like the length of a feature film. And for, for one split book. up into two episodes. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, because if you combine two 50-minute episodes together, like, that's a movie. Um, that's the idea I was going for, anyway. Uh, um, so I think it, it gives each, each story time to kind of develop and, and work. But I do get how, like, every episode is... The Baudelaire's are put into the custody of another incompetent, incompetent adult... Who's tricked by Count Olaf in costume? By an incompetent adult. What's that? <laughs> by an incompetent adult. Well, yeah, yeah, Mr. Poe's terrible. Um, oh, God, absolutely terrible. Cannot stand his character or his wife's character. Well, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to like him. Like that's, I think, the important aspect is because it's built for kids. When you watch it and you're irritated by the adults, that's the point. If you're an adult irritated by the adults. That's a that's the point. But if you're irritated because the adults, there's a okay. So I'll give you an example of what I'm kind of They're talking about. They're like, very condescending towards the children in every facet and refuse to even attempt to see anything that the kids try to point out. I, I watched like, this. You know what? I watched this with my friend and his kids while I was over at his house this mm-hmm. last weekend. Like I was just kind of getting their impression on it. And my buddy, like, the, the kids were just like, oh, Mr. Poe is hilarious. He's an idiot, but he's hilarious. And my buddy, he's just like, I can't stand Mr. Poe. Like, I just can't stand him at all. He's an idiot. He's incompetent. The cough is annoying. And I was just kind of like, that, mm-hmm. see, that's, that's so funny to me because he's hilarious. To me, Mr. Poe is a great source of comedy. Um, especially when he accidentally calls... Olaf Omar all the time that fucking kills me like I think that shit's hilarious and uh, so listening to him and his what's up he's he's the epitome of a blithering idiot absolutely and that is in in the best way I can say a a a form of comedy on their end it's hard for me to place it because because I kind of feel like I had this feeling that you were going to be like, it's okay. <laughs> I like it, but not. I mean, it's not great. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't dislike it. Right, right. No, I I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I liked it, but I, there are a lot of things about it that irritated me about it. His character and his wife's character, just how a majority of the adults are portrayed overall is uh I just I'm just like oh my god this is terrible nobody is that dumb I would like to think nobody is that dumb but no but I mean imagine you know, imagine from a kid's perspective imagine imagine being growing up and yeah, and and you I get that point yeah, yeah like that's exactly and to me that's what it always is it's always built to feel like is as a kid, you you think the world works this one way, and then parents tell you it doesn't. You're just like, well, that's stupid, like that's dumb, and I feel like that's what the Baudelaire's are going through. But it's also built around the idea that the Baudelaire's are like super geniuses. 
Yeah. So it's 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 got that weird. It's got it's got a very strange dynamic, but it's. I don't know, because to me, to me, the show feels like it's a combination. Like if if um, oh, what's that one filmmaker? Uh, he just made Isle of Dogs. What the hell's his name? I don't know. I didn't know we were having a quiz. <laughs> he makes a lot of uh, films that are very artsy fartsy. Oh, oh, okay, yes. Wes, uh, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. It's, it's I like... love Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wes Anderson movies, but they're all essentially the same. Uh. Yeah, um, it's like if Wes Anderson and Tim Burton got together and made a show. That's what this show feels like. You know, you're not far off base with that. You're not <laughs> wrong at all. Um, I mean, it's enjoyable, yes, but there are just some points that just, uh, like I was saying, seem unnecessarily repetitive. And I don't know how much of the books that he had plotted out in advance. Uh, like any writer, uh, I don't know like any writer, I'm sure it was on the fly. Like, I'm sure he had an idea of where he wanted, like an outline, but a lot of the shit was on the fly. I guarantee it. But it was like six books before the repetition switched up to something new. So when you do that for six episodes, now granted, or six, eight episodes in the first season and four episodes in the second season, I guess, before it switched up. It when when did, watching it, when did it, it switch up to you? Once they left the hospital left the hospital okay because i felt like the hospital was a switching point that's what i'm saying once they left the hospital well pretty much the hospital arrival getting there and then leaving it was switching it up because so that was okay so that was um so so in your mind it took seven books seven stories to reach to, to reach the point where it wasn't as repetitive yeah because even like in that regard um i mean the 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 um Miserable Mill is also kind of a uh, a changing point in the show too because Poe never is, put him there. It is, but you know, he also still shows up and refuses to believe that Olaf had anything to do with it until it's pointed out that he does, and he's like, "Oh, I, I just Poe was just the most annoying thing about the show to me, really." <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. I understand that feeling. I, to me, I just, I love his character just because he is, he is a blithering idiot. Um, he, he and it's not just a blithering idiot. He's, he's, um, oblivious. Oh, absolutely. I think that's what makes he, him so, so funny to me is that, um, because even even the the skillful adults, the ones who are supposed to be the intelligent ones, still are kind of oblivious to things. Or uh, we're not going to listen to the kids because they're kids. Kind of attitude. You're just like, oh, <laughs> oh, because that's what it was like to be a kid. That's what it felt like to try to talk to an adult about something intelligent. I mean, for Christ's sake, dude, I'm trying to write a children's book right now that literally has that same idea. Yeah, I get that. So, I mean, and, that's... You know, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And and I I like that in the terms of, like, yes, there's the there's the dark comedy elements of, like, the natural, like, campiness or, 
you know, a character dying by ridiculous means or whatever, but, uh, oh, the ultra deadly, uh, the, the world's deadliest snake is actually like a super the cuddly ultra snake. ultra deadly vopper is super cuddly. Yeah. yeah. Um, like shit like that's hilarious, but I feel like the dark comedy comes from <laughs> Olaf being the weird villain that he is. And then the, dude, he's awesome in that role. He is. Yeah. All right. Can we, can we talk, like, can we talk a little bit about, uh, NPH playing him? <laughs> Cause I love NP. I love the joke he gets in. I don't remember what episode it is in, but, um, he was speaking to his, I guess it was his girlfriend at the time. And he makes, he makes the odd reference, you know, do nine seasons of TV and this is where it gets you. Yeah. Like making yeah, a yeah, joke yeah. about how I met your mother. <laughs> well, I mean, there's other times where he does the same thing where somebody, somebody asks him, this is when the, they're at the, um, oh, shit. this is the second, second book. So third and fourth episode where he's, uh, he has the long beard, and somebody asked him if he wants to go to see a movie, and he was like, I don't like go to movies. I prefer streaming television. Yes, yes, that was <laughs> that was made several times. <laughs> I like those little fourth, or the, yeah, the fourth wall breaking moments. Those are, those are fun. Um, and I, he actually looks right into the camera, too, when he says them, which makes it funnier to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Deadpool's not the only person that can do that. But I also love how, like, <laughs> there are, <coughs> oh, pardon me, uh, there are hilarious moments, like the school is, oh my god, the school was the funniest part of me this season. Like, the principal, oh, like. Oh god, that little girl, that little cake sniffer. pink, or, that little pink creep, little galloping pony, oh my god. Now, that was the first character that I found that annoyed me more than Mr. Poe. Carmelita. <laughs> I'm like, if Madison were anything like that, I would, I would really consider rethinking my whole life as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, yeah, it's the, the, the part that made me laugh was the principal or the, the guy that ran the school. Yeah. Uh, Vice principal Nero. Fuck, Vice principal, but he was the one in charge. Yeah. Vice principal. Yeah. God, he was funny. Like, he was. He was. <laughs> like the he's like the the Quagmire twins were triplets. Well, you can't be triplets if one is burnt to a crisp. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, that's so yeah. Funny. There were some good dark lines in that. That is one of them that was great, and I love that. Yeah. Uh. Um, oh, there's another one he said to the Baudelaire's, and I don't remember what it was, but it had to do with them being orphans. And something about their parents that died in a fire. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. So he hands him the pamphlet for, like, the big suite that's awesome. And he's like, no, you guys get this. And they were like, why? Because we're orphans? He was like, oh, he was like well, a parent has to sign off to, for you to get the other the other room. And guess what? Your parents can't sign off when they're dead. <laughs> You're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that shit is funny. Yeah, I, I I love that stuff. Like it's it's terrible at the same time because it's 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 uh, it's it's dark. It's it's meant to be not you know that's why that's why Lemony Snicket says like uh, everything that happens in the show is bad. Like you don't want to watch the theme song. Look away. You know every it's 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 trying to quote unquote avert you from watching this. 
terrible story, and but it's it's not terrible. It's it's delightful in my eyes. It's 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 good. It's good. Uh, like I said, you know, there's, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm supposedly a grown ass man, so I guess there are aspects of it that I'm not going to enjoy. I mean, I know there's going to be aspects of it that I'm not going to enjoy in the same way that a kid would. But there's definitely, it's definitely a very appealing family show. It's definitely something, and here's the thing, I can't get Madison to even take a look at it. <laughs> well, it Dude, is. Dude, Madison, she's, she's a weird kid. Anytime you try to suggest she watch anything, she automatically hates it. Oh, so, have fun with that in the teenage is, years. Yeah, yeah, She's and she's not even 11, almost 11. Right. I'm just like, uh, but she's always been that way. That's the messed up part. Anything we've ever tried to get her to watch, no. Well, that comes down. That comes that. down it's to the dumb. that comes down to the psyche of of a kid. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to enjoy or be suggested to watch something that my parents an, an adult is telling me to. Like, I don't even think it's just parent. I think it's just straight up adult. Yeah. Yeah, which also plays into you know kind of the theme of this. Right, exactly. You know, that's and that's what kids. I like about it so much. That's like it's it's more empowering to children than I think anything. And I, and more adults need to do that in my mind. More adults need to empower their kids to ask questions and to oh god yeah be more open with their opinions. Because I swear to God, every time I hear a kid or every time I hear an adult tell a kid like you're too young, you don't understand, or um uh what was the other thing that Wait I always heard? You're older. Wait until you're older. Like, yeah, the, like I said, the book that I'm writing is, is primarily about that. Like, I remember asking questions about politics as a kid, and I immediately got, you don't understand, because you're too young. And I was like, no, that makes me angry. Dude, I remember during the primaries, you know, uh, before this most recent election, Madison, she's like, how do you vote? I was like, you want to go to the polls with me? She's like, yeah. She went with me, and she saw how it was all done. It was cool that she took the initiative and interest in wanting to do that and see that. You know, we 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 like to explain things to her, but, you know, we are also guilty of the, at times, you know, you're a little young for this kind of thing. So I get that. It's a double-edged sword. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I, I get that. I totally understand it being a double-edged sword, because I... I get it, but at the same time, when but. when you tell a child, ignore that because you're too young, they're going to find means to get that information outside of oh, you exactly. as well. So. Exactly, um, and I would rather her learn things from us. It's just, the, what I'm, the point is I'm trying to get at, this is a show that I wanted her to watch with us. Sure, you know, no, I, 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 get you, I get you, I get you, I get you. And, you know, it kind of played into the whole, well, you know, adults don't know what they're talking about. How would a kid ever enjoy this kind of attitude? And I'm like, yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to turn this into parenting talk. It's fine. But it's it, relevant. It didn't, it didn't last more than a minute. I mean, yeah, it, it's absolutely relevant to what I think the show is trying to convey to kids. Um, but uh, we should go ahead and give this our ratings, Josh. Uh, you go ahead and go first. Oh, really? Rating it already? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'll have to give it a. I give it a B. Uh, 
B. Yeah, B. I would like to give it a higher grade, but I think I can't because of, you know, like I said, certain things do tend to annoy me. I felt that, you know, it took six books, 12 episodes before it actually switched up the formula of kids getting put into a guardian by an inept adult. And then the guardian is equally inept, you know, uh, somehow had this connection to their mysterious, the mysterious past of their parents. And then something terrible happening to the guardian. And now this inept person has to place them with a new and likely inept guardian. Uh, you know, that felt repetitive. Neil Patrick Harris is brilliant as Count Olaf because he is in disguise, a different character every episode, but ultimately his goal is the same, to steal the Baudelaire's fortune. Uh, it's a lot of fun. There are some really twisted jokes, like we mentioned, and the whole fact that, oh, look, it's the triplets, no, or the twins. Oh, we're triplets. Well, one of you died in a fire, so can't be triplets if one of you's burnt to a crisp that kind of thing is hilarious yes it's dark but that doesn't make it any less hilarious at all uh so based on the performances uh neil patrick harris you know high high praise from me the kids do a good job the guest stars nathan fillion is awesome i love the use in the first season of kobe smolders and will arnett because, you know, for those episodes they were in, I thought they were the uh, actually Baudelaire's parents that had survived. I really did. Uh, so when they turned out to be the Quagmire's parents, uh, that was that was a little bit of a curveball thrown at me. But, yeah, the imagery is beautiful. It's well shot. It seems well directed. It's, it seems pretty faithful to the source material. I have no... Uh, exposure to the source material never read the books but after watching the series and doing a little reading it's pretty faithful it seems yeah Um, there's only a few there's only a few things that are different like um again this is spoiler talk so um uh the the uh the librarian that becomes the genie or not genie jesus christ the fortune teller yeah that that the librarian doesn't exist at all yeah, I read that she was added in, uh, and her character was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Loved her character. Um, um, but yeah, I give it a B. You know, it's good. Uh, it's, it's. I think it's more enjoyed watching it. I think it would be more enjoyed watching it with uh, your kids if you're a parent. Um, but it's not a bad time by any means. But I think it would also play out better not being binged over the course of three or four days. Um, so you don't get that feeling of repetition. Sure, sure, sure. I, I think, think that may have also played into it. Um, I think I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't feel the same as you do, just because I think there's more for it. More for my taste there than not. Um... I give the show an A plus, like I think that's oh, the wow. first A plus I've ever given. I th- no, it's my... not the first, but it's the first that's been that far removed from my grade. Um, <laughs> have I given something A plus on this show? Mm-hmm. Which what did I give an A plus to? While while I'm thinking about that, you go look it up, because um, I'm curious which one I've given an A plus to. Uh, the toys that made us was one. 
Okay. And then dark, dark was another. Did I give that uh, an A plus? Yep. Uh, I mean, that was before we started doing grades. Yeah, but in hindsight, you said that was one. And the big sick. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that is an A+. Plus. Yeah, and uh, Stranger Things, Patton Oswalt's Annihilation. Well, okay. And, All right. Uh, I gave him a lot of things in A+. Plus. Didn't realize how... Actually, no. Toys That Made Us, you just gave a solid A, but those all the other ones you did. So, yeah. But this is the first one that you rated an A+, plus that I have rated not even an A. Uh, so. I, I, I felt like that was going to happen, for sure. I mean, I've already kind of through the review, that we the discussion that we had, that this show tickles everything that I enjoy about certain shows. I find it charming and witty and clever and... Um, I really enjoy the dark comedy, like, a lot. Um, and it is absolutely all those things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I've already gushed about it is my point. Like, I don't need to reiterate a thousand times. What, like, again, it, it's rare for me to binge a show in that short amount of time and not get bored of it. Uh, a lot of the shows that we've talked about on here, like, Everything Sucks or, um, uh... God, Devil Man Cry Baby. Those mm. were, those were tr- like, I had, it was like two episodes done for like a day. I could not binge those shows. This one, yeah, I those willingly were binged. hard. Yeah, this one, I those willingly were hard binged. To binge. Um, even some of the shows that we enjoyed but didn't love, like, I still can only do like two or three episodes at a time. This one, this one was like less than 24 hours. I walked, I just gulped the whole thing down. So, um,. Yeah, I, I, a solid A plus. I, I highly recommend this show if you're into, if you're into kind of like like I said the Wes Anderson Tim Burton kind of style, um, with a very similar, uh, very similar idea on on how that stuff should run down. Like that's definitely going to be your cup of tea. Um, like Josh said, there are a lot of uh, inept inept adults in this show that will drive you nuts if you. If you aren't a kid, um, and I don't know why they don't bother me, but they don't. <laughs> but I've talked to other adults who watch the show, and they're just like, ugh. <laughs> so yeah. So I understand, but I, I I don't I don't agree. If you if you catch my drift. Yeah. But um, I get it. Uh, before we go on to Electric Dreams, uh, Josh, what happened with Radio Public over the last week? You know what? Uh, last Wednesday or Thursday, I opened up the uh, email account for the show, all queued up podcast at gmail.com, where you can send questions to us. Uh, well, I opened that up and it says, Congratulations. All queued up has been named to the trending. Indie shows to watch for list for the first week of April. So we want to thank you guys for one for listening to us because at Radio Public we're part of the paid listener program, which means every time you listen to a show from All Queued Up on Radio Public, whether it's a new episode or one of our older episodes, it contributes to us directly. Uh, and we appreciate that. But to be named to the, you know, there's only like six or seven shows on that list. To be a trending 
indie show to watch for. That was a pretty mind-blowing thing for me to open up that email and see. And immediately I had to share it with you. And that's just something that I found very exciting. And we're super thrilled about that. So thanks to everybody out there. Yeah, uh, he he messages me. He's like, oh, my God, look at this. And I, I, I was in shock and immediately sent it to Anthony, uh, the guy who runs uh, Mission Start Podcast. And I was like, dude, look at this. This is amazing. He's like, that's incredible. Like, congratulations, guys. And uh, um, he then, like, messages me a little bit later. And he's like, have you looked at the the comments that people have left on the show? And I was like, no. He's like, dude, go look at them. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, we've and, gotten some great listener comments, you know. Uh, and, you know, I've had a couple of friends. I was like, look, you know, our show's just starting. <laughs> If you don't care, listen to an episode or two and leave a serious, legitimate feedback. You know, uh, don't just blow smoke up people's asses. Say what you really feel. And one of my friends, you know, she's like, you know, at first I was skeptical, but I started listening. She's like, I really enjoy the content. So kudos. And, you know, some of these reviews, uh, you know, it's about a mix, you know, some of them are from people that are known and some of them completely unknown. So, but all of them have some great content and guys, you can leave us feedback on our iTunes. Uh, there's a section where you can give us a rating and review. Uh, Stitcher also has a place where you can rate and review. Um, we're on Spotify now. So yeah, we also, uh, on the Facebook page, you can leave ratings and reviews. You know, the official Facebook page for All Cued Up Podcast. So, yeah, we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, uh, 100%. It, it's every, every, it seems that between every episode, something new happens that inspires me to make this show as best we can, like over and over and over. So, you guys are awesome, and I could not appreciate it more. So, um, yeah. But we should definitely move on to Electric Dreams. Um, now, as you know, from t- like we do mostly Netflix shows on here, but from time to time we do shows on other platforms. This one is on Amazon Prime. Yeah, so, I mean it's nice. It's nice to give them a little bit of love. Of course. Um, so, Josh, go ahead and give the synopsis for Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Well, basically, you know, in the, similar to the vein of Black Mirror, uh, it's a sci-fi anthology series. Each episode is a standalone episode based on a short story by philip k dick now for those of you out there that are wondering philip k dick he uh he passed away in 1982 but in his time as a sci-fi author he is responsible for giving us the books that became the movies blade runner uh total recall um minority report uh a scanner darkly uh and uh there was another one off. I can't think Ad, of it off. Adjustment Bureau. Adjustment Bureau, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, now this series. Some of these episodes retained the same title. Some of them changed the title, but yeah. kept a lot of the elements. Most all of them retain all the thematic elements. Some of them are complete departures from the short stories. Others are almost literal in their tellings, but there were 10 episodes. Uh, Josh, I have a question for you real quick before we keep going on this. Yeah. What does it mean to be human? 
What is a soul? Eight episodes will give you that. <laughs> God. They, uh, see, I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you probably did not enjoy this as much as I did. Not 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 as much. No. I, I here I love thinky type things. Like I love Blade Runner for that aspect. Like mm-hmm. I love watching it going like does replicant have a soul? Blah 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 blah. And I love watching Total Recall and going like how do you know what's real in your mind or not? Like I love that shit. Mm-hmm. But when it's given in this weird like pseudo pretentious form in 50 minutes and it's constant like every episode has the same like forced idea, I'm like, "Ah, God, man, come on. <laughs> like, couldn't you build a better story around the idea and not make it so obvious? Well, like the like the first episode, um, real life. Yeah, immediately, yeah. immediately. I knew where it was going. Like the second that she was like, you can go and start your own mind on a vacation. I was like, oh, God, this whole episode is going to be about her not knowing which is real. Like, <laughs> like it's going it to be about what? I'm, about I'm sorry, her, you cut out. About her not knowing which is real, which which oh. reality is is the correct one, and then she's gonna choose wrong at the end. I knew that was gonna be the thing, because it was just too obvious. And every episode was like that. Every episode, like, uh, the one that I probably disliked the most had one of my favorite actors in it. Um, it was uh, the guy who played. Um, Walter White. What the hell's his name? Why am I Brian Cranston? Brian Cranston. Really? That was your most disliked episode was the one that oh, he was in? That was one of the worst. Wow. I enjoyed <laughs> that one a whole lot. <laughs> I, I, oh, my God, dude. I was just like, the second it started, and it was like, oh, these, these aliens can um, inhabit the body of somebody. They said that pretty early on. Like, it, was a, it, was, it almost seemed like a throwaway line. And then it concentrated on him being, like, super angry and distant from his wife. And I was like, okay, so he's going to get inhabited, come back, and not be himself. And she's going to know, like, a body snatcher situation. And then it's going to be a problem. Okay. Like, I saw that coming. And then, and keep in mind, Josh, like, I'm not, in pa- I'm not super paying attention to the show. Like, it's just that, it's that painfully obvious where it's going to go. And, I, and I, I haven't read any of these books. Like, I, I have never read a Philip K. Dick novel. Never. So, it didn't come from that mindset. It just, the way that it was filmed and made was, mm-hmm. like, overly predictable. Um, See, I didn't feel it was overly predictable in every aspect. There were some things that were like, okay, this is most likely what's happening here, where this is going to go. Um, but... Um, I have never read any of his works either, and I'm kind of ashamed to say that. Uh, but I kind of <laughs> want to now after seeing this. Well, I but feel I'm like not going to rush the... out and buy his complete works or anything. But... Yeah, I think I think a lot of the themes that happen in the show really work for their time that they were made. Um, yeah, I mean, he wrote a lot of this stuff in the 50s and the 60s. Yeah, yeah, and it, it definitely feels that way. Um, I, there were a couple other stories. I'm going to actually look up all the stories because I don't remember which one I'm thinking of. But, um, hey, look at that. IMDb was still there. Yay. 
Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> what was Crazy Diamond about? That was the Steve Buscemi episode where he worked oh. at this company that uh, had manufactured manufactured uh, artificial life by uh, cross yeah. cross uh, cross gene splicing or whatever method it was with pig and human DNA and inserting these consciousness into clone bodies. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. What do mm-hmm. you think if I could describe that episode in one word it would be? Uh dissatisfaction. A little less more of a nickel word than a dime word. <laughs> oh. A smaller word you're saying? Yes, yes. Uh I don't know, you tell me. B- boring, boring was what I was oh. looking for. Oh, um, it it wasn't necessarily an episode where I saw the plot going or where it was going, but it tur- it definitely turned into that whole like, oh the Jacks and J- the Jack and Jills are supposed to be, uh, kind of subservient. They're supposed to do what we tell them to do. Uh oh, one's not doing it, and I'm like, oh, so I just that, sat there watching it. What's up? That that one was one of the ones because I read an article and I'm when I upload this video to YouTube. I will uh, put the link to that article in the description because I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, it was at Vulture. Uh, it pointed out the differences in between the short stories and the actual episode. So this one was pretty much the one that was most removed from its actual inspiration. In the short story, it was uh, two characters named Ed and Sally that were visited by... Um, a salesman offering them a product. And that was pretty much the extent of the similarities. But the overall, thema- the overall theme of where it went was kind of the same. Okay. Okay. Well, regardless, like, I just... It felt like this one was, was walking... Like, the pacing was going through molasses. Um, and I, I, just, I just... I felt... I felt... I don't know, man. Like... I love Steve Buscemi. He's so good as an actor, and he didn't do mm-hmm. bad in the role. None of the that's the that's the crazy thing. None of the actors were bad <laughs> in any of the episodes. It just you know. it it just didn't it didn't work as well as I think they wanted it to. Um, one another one that I thought had really great potential and just fell on its face was um, the Hoodmaker. That one was the one that drew me in the least. It took me the longest to get invested in that one out of all of them. And it wasn't that it was bad. It's just immediately it wasn't two minutes in. I was like, okay, one of these two is going to betray the other one in some way, form, or fashion. Um, But it just was really hard for me to get into that episode. Uh, let's see. So I didn't like the Hoodmaker. That one was that was what we just talked about. Impossible Planet was also very dull. Oh man, um, I loved that one. I liked the idea. I liked I the I, I liked the idea that they had there, but I felt like I felt like there just was no chemistry technically between the guy and Irma. Um, it felt like there was some kind of distant thing between them, even though they were trying to make it look like there wasn't. 
No, um, no, that's the thing. In the books, there, I mean, there was a rapport, but there was no distant thing. That was added for the show. Uh, okay, the, all right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, uh, the best thing about that episode was Benedict Wong. He oh, felt he was most, amazing. Yeah, he felt the most believable in his in his character. I was like, yeah, he doesn't want to do that. Like, he just wants to get paid. Like, what? Like, it was, he was amazing. Um, for me, for me, aside from Benedict Wong, the best part of that aspect, that park that they mentioned, Elk River Falls in North Carolina, that's like three hours away from me. It's in Asheville. I've <laughs> been there. I've been there. That's funny. But I I've figured not as been much. There. I've not been there in about 15 about or 20 that. years, but yeah, I have been there. <laughs> um, the commuter. Oh, the commuter started so good. It started it really off did. so good, and I was, I just was like, <laughs> out of all of the episodes, that one, it intrigued me the most and let me down the most, because that ending I was not happy with. That ending was awful. <laughs> I love Timothy Spall. He is yeah. so underused and, you know, well, I'm he's, sure he's, he's, another, he's a another lot character of stuff. Actor. Yeah, he is. You know, and, and, and in Britain, you know, I'm sure he's in a lot of films, but over here, you don't see a lot of Timothy Spall. How many movies can you name off the top of your head that Timothy Spall was in that doesn't have the word Harry Potter in the title? Right, right. Exactly. I can think of one. That was Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. Um, and that wasn't played... really a hit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't. But for some reason, I always enjoyed it. But, you know, we're allowed to like things that aren't always great. And so like we, me, locking this show. <laughs> <laughs> we briefly, um, by the way, I'm looking at these out of order because the show aired on Channel 4 in the, B, in, in, in the UK. Yeah, uh, like before, in November and December before it hit in the States here. Yeah. Uh, but what I was going to say, though, is that it aired, the, uh, the, the, the episode airings were different than, than how they are on Amazon. So like, Oh, really? Yeah, so like episode one is real life, but real life is episode five in the UK. Hmm. They're all over the place. So yeah, I'm, I I'm wonder I'm why they chose. I wonder why they chose to uh, do it that way. I I I wish I had an answer, but I don't. But there was one episode that we briefly talked about before recording that you really enjoyed and I disliked. Um, didn't hate by any measure, but I disliked it. Autofac. Oh yeah, I really dug autofac. Um I here okay, so I want to kind of explain why I didn't like it. Uh the ending like I liked the idea that a, a company essentially caused nuclear fallout and now there's like a um a small group of humans that they intentionally keep alive so that way they have a customer base. That didn't bother me. What bothered me was that the company itself in a weird, in a really strange, confusing way was like, well, we don't have customers, so let's make our customers. Because I feel like that, that goes against the AI protocol. That goes against what they would do because the, the whole idea she says like without customers we'd have to shut down well that would be their first option that wouldn't be their last option yeah like the, well, the, lo the logic of creating a customer 
is something a human would do, not an AI. Yeah, that one, I see what you're saying there. That is odd, and I would have to rewatch it, but I gathered that, uh, you know, AI protocols probably work differently in this series, in this story. Um, I don't know what the necessity parameters for AI were. Well, well, I guess, Josh, I should clarify. I'm using the AI parameters that they created in the episode. I'm not going off of my own thing. I'm talking about, like, when... Uh, what's her, what's her name? Um, when, uh, Alice is telling Emily what they planned on doing. Mm -hmm. And she says, she says without, uh, Autofact realized that without customers, it would have to shut down. So we created our customers. And I went, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. that's the thing. I thought they, I thought she had said we had already been, you know, make, we made these cities to help humanity to help keep humanity alive. Uh, but the but but by the the war happening, they wiped out humans and thus having no customers, there there was that nothing is weird. for them. That, was, yeah. that is weird. I, so I it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a paradox that I caught and I was like, Ugh. I will give the show, I'll give the episode this. Every actor and actress in the episode phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. And I That's think the thing I about this show in general, that detail. like I probably missed not picking up on that detail because I was really uh, wrapped up in the performances of the characters. I thought the storyline was cool. I thought the character performances were really good. Yeah. Um, and I'll give them credit. They really tried to hide the plot that she was an android. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did not see that. I did not see I that did. I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you how I, I did. did. And I, I did in the last, like two minutes up before the reveal, but not before. Um, so I was sitting there watching it and I was thinking like, why do they keep showing the shot of her cutting her forehead? And then before she gets oh, on yeah. the auto fact plane, she's kissing her boyfriend and I don't see a scar. And I went, why don't I see a scar? That's hella weird. That's a, such a weird cut away from everything going on without there being any kind of actual physical evidence of it happening. And then it dawned on me, I was like, oh my god, she figured out that she's an android, and that's why the shot in the beginning of her in, like, a pantsuit, and her not having glasses now, like, it just didn't fit, it didn't make sense. So that's when I, that's when I put two and two together, I was like, okay, okay, they're trying to throw us off the scent, and they, did a, they didn't do a very good job on, on my end. Well, you know, um, I, I got to thinking, um, it's like, if they said the war's been over for 20 years... And she sees the blast from a few miles away. It's like, how did she survive? I was thinking, you know, she was a clone. I didn't think she was an android. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I didn't think that everyone turned out to be an android. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking that she was a clone, though. Um, so, you know. Um, What did you think of the episode Safe and Sound? I really dug it. I mm. really dug it. You hated it, didn't you? <laughs> I didn't hate it. No, 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 I didn't hate it. Uh, I, I, I really like the idea. I, I love the idea that there's a... Essentially a dystopian future where there's class-based situations and um, a little bit of brainwashing. Yeah, a lot of bit of brainwashing. Uh, uh, yeah, societal brainwashing. Really, 
but not not only in that like because she <laughs> what's crazy is like foster wasn't even brainwashed by her own people she was brainwashed by the by the people the in the opposition in pretty much yeah yeah um and it was really well done i thought and how they did it you know why that episode didn't hit for me as hard as it should have was i it? honestly did not find the girl that was playing foster a good actress oh I felt like she dropped the ball quite a bit. Her name is Annalise Basso. Like, I felt like any of the moments where she was... Oh, oh, that was... A, okay, the bathroom scene where she was supposed to purge. Yeah. That felt completely phoned in. Uh, okay. Like... What you're saying. Gr- I, and, and... I do her... feel that her mother, Maura Tierney, great waste of an actress in that role because she hardly had anything to do. And yeah, I, I've always been a big fan of her as an actress. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I, I, I again, not, not the worst thing I've ever seen. Just, I was kind of like, oh, this is a really neat idea of the brainwashing thing. Like, cool. Like, it's kind of different from the whole like, what does it mean to be human? Yeah. Uh, theming of most of the episodes, but, uh, um, this one was more about like, the idea of brainwash warfare. And uh, I like that a lot, but, um, and actually the the way the show, the way the episode was filmed was really clever. I, I thought that the ending with like showing the audience that it was the opposition doing it, like, come on, leave that, leave, I feel like that needed to be left open. Personally, I felt like that needed to be ambiguous. I don't think Was it, it in her head or, oh, it definitely hurts for me. Okay. Uh, so you like the, the idea? The you like the idea if it were left open to her interpretation? Was she imagining all that, or did it really happen? Hundred, a hundred percent. I get you. I get you. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, that, that just I. You also said you really enjoyed the episode uh, "Kill All Others." Yeah, I was actually I was leaving that for last. I was going to go to the father thing first, but we can go we can go to kill all others first. Oh, was there one you were wanting to talk about before that? No, we've hit just about every episode. Uh, I was scrolling down. Yeah, but the last two that I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed the father thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I looked up the father thing, apparently there's like thirteen short stories he wrote in regards to that world. Oh wow. So that's an th- that's cool. Yeah. Um, I also really love Greg Kinnear, so it was cool to see him in this. Yeah, and he did a fantastic job. So, oh, the God, the yeah. idea of of a father the father thing is uh, some aliens come down to Earth in what is veiled as a meteor storm, and uh, uh, one of their uh, victims is Greg Kinnear as the father of this little boy. And, um... Charlie. Charlie, yeah. 11 years old. And Charlie Charlie sees, like, the event happening in the garage. This one, this one night on accident. And he starts to, like, holy shit, there's more people getting changed. And his whole journey is awesome. His entire, yeah. like, character art is so cool. 
Now, here's the thing, though, guys. I'm not above taking something I enjoy and nitpicking. Because I'll tell you right now, the bully can't act for shit. Oh, no, he was bad. He was awful. Um, the I, I did not enjoy how the teacher's name was Dick or uh, Philip Dick and then kills himself in the episode. Yeah. A little bit, little bit tasteless, if you ask me. Yeah, because if you're not aware... Philip K. Dick did struggle with uh, depression and did attempt to commit suicide at one point in his life. Yep. Um, what was the other thing I didn't like? Uh, oh my god, what was it? There was something else I thought was really bad about the episode, but I forgot what it was now. However, you know, I don't know, I cannot confirm or deny, that may have been an actual character in the story that had that name, that he wrote that way. Who knows? Uh, I've not read it. Uh, I don't, I, I don't I see, don't see it. Philip K. Dick doing that. Yeah, I don't see it. He's I'm not an M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. That joke, mean, that joke being that M. Night Shyamalan puts himself in his stories all the time, and if you ever watched... Uh, the movie um, Lady in the Water. Uh, the 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 hero of the story is the writer who he plays. Huh. So, a little bit a uh, little bit of an ego, I think. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just a fun little story. Like I really enjoyed watching this boy goonie up the episode and try to combat this alien that had taken over his father. I thought that was really fun. Um, and I actually kind of wanted to see more. Like, apparently that's the beginning of the father thing storyline. And I'm like, ooh, where does this go? Like, did they form, like, a group? Like, this is rad. So, I don't know. I just wanted to see more of that. Yeah. That is also a limitation of doing an anthology series that it's only, you know, limited to one-hour episodes. Some of the meatier stories that you get more out of are going to suffer from that. Yeah. Um, and that was one of my favorite episodes, too. Uh, the performances, with the exception of the bullish older brother of Charlie's friend, uh, with the exception of his performance, I thought everybody was really solid in that episode. Yeah, yeah, Especially absolutely. Greg Kinnear. He's just... He's, he's um, in one of my... You know, he's a great actor. Absolutely. Um, but we have one more episode to briefly talk about, and then we'll give our uh, our ratings. Uh, Kill All Others. Yeah, that one was really good. Yeah, it was, was fun. That was fun. You talk about taking um, paranoia and conspiracy theories to the next level. Exactly. Yeah, that, I think that's what I liked about it. By the way, the, the main character is uh, played by... Um, I can't think of the actor's name. I'm not looking at the list anymore, but he's... Uh, if you've ever watched uh, Last Man Standing, he's uh, he's the larger man on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it actually took me a minute to realize where I'd seen him from before. But uh, the idea of the show is that basically he's... Uh, there's a big election happening, and, and he's watching one of the candidates, and then casually the she's just like... The only candidate. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But she goes... We have to fix the roads. We have to re- we have to help the children. We have to kill all others. We have to change our uh, tax situation. Like just super casually, like listing off things that they have to change. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what?" And he can't like get it to go back and hear it again. 
Um, and his girlfriend is like, I didn't hear nothing. Um, and he's slowly freaking out about it. His paranoia is, is getting the better of him. Because the media is not bringing it up. They're not covering it. Nobody's talking about it. And he knows he heard it, and he starts seeing signs that are saying it. Um, it's like, this well, is hate speech. This yeah, is wrong. Yeah. Well, what's 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 so fascinating to me about it, and I thought this was a really really clever turn, is and it it took me by surprise because I thought what was going to happen was that the entire thing was in his head, that he that nobody else actually heard it, and by the time it gets to the point where, um, you know he's freaking out or whatever, it's going to reveal that nobody actually said it and he thought he heard it, and it was just going to be about paranoia. But that's not what happened. Yeah. At all. People did hear um, it. They just didn't talk about it. Yeah, it, it turns into more like he's the only rational one. He's the only sane one, and everybody else is losing their mind and being okay with this. And it to me, it became more of a... Turning a, a commentary blind eye to it. Yeah, more of a commentary on how people are so willing to just accept the, the like this weird world around them that um like uh yeah we're gonna get a little political on here sorry guys but uh how you know trump will come out and be like we need to build a border wall and you go like well that doesn't seem like the smart thing to do or we're gonna resolve anything because most immigrants come to this country via plane or hell even train yeah like or underground like there's the offense isn't gonna solve the problem but then you see a lot of people just being like, yeah, I'll build a wall. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? And that's kind of his attitude. That's his exact same like mentality, except it, it becomes paranoia. It becomes worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. uh, to the point where it kills him. Um, so, yeah, I really, really dug that one. Really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, one. it was a good episode. Um, what were your favorite episodes, by the way, Josh? Because I think I've talked about what mine and weren't were and weren't um honestly uh one i think the episode i enjoyed the most is one of the ones you enjoyed the least impossible planet uh i really really enjoyed that uh i think for entirely different reasons than you disenjoyed it i just i saw it as a story of you know this guy he thinks he knows what he wants and by helping this lady fulfill her last last wishes, you know, um, he realizes that all the things he's thought he's wanted in life, he didn't want. And makes, like, the ultimate selfless uh, gesture, um, or even not so much a gesture, just the ultimate selfless uh, gift of taking her to what she perceives as this destination, even though they had kind of swindled her out of her money and conned her just to let her believe. He's like, you know what? If you're going to die happy, I'm going to die with you. That kind of thing. I just thought that was a moving thing. So that's what I took from it. Um, Sure. I I, I guess Misty Misty didn't dig it as much as I do either. I was like, you've got to watch this episode. She's like, "Eh, it's okay. I'm like, you suck. (laughs) You have no heart. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's that. I just I just didn't feel that connection between them. Like I did, I personally was like, 
Yeah. I feel like he's still, like, he's still, like, it, to the very end of the episode, he was still like, I don't know what I should do. And I'm just like, oh, shit or get off the pot, dude. Come on. So, I don't know. I was more interested in Benedict One's character anyway. <laughs> oh, his character was awesome. I'm not going to lie. Um, he was awesome. Oh, all right. Well, oh, sorry, folks. No, ah, really, I'm really not bored. I'm just, well, I, I stretched real hard just now and. Apparently, my spine popping was like, you need to yawn at the same time. I was like, okay, here we go. Um, anyway, we should definitely give our ratings. Uh, I'm going to go first since you went first on Lemony Snicket, Josh. Sure. Um, I'm going to give this show a C-. Uh, uh-huh. I, uh, I didn't hate it, like I said. It wasn't the worst thing I ever watched, but I definitely had a hard time getting through some episodes. Um, I felt like a lot of the stuff was very boring, uh, a lot of the first few episodes took a lot of time to get through some stuff, and it felt like there was a lot of padding for emotional resonance that didn't really fit. But um, I think the theming of a lot of the episodes is fine. Um, like some of the stuff, some of the ones that I disliked the most, it was just like painfully obvious where it was going to go instead of being more ambiguous in the idea of like I think because here's the thing that's what makes Total Recall and Blade Runner so good is it is ambiguous Mm -hmm. the answer isn't given to you this show gave you the answer every time no matter what and I was like oh okay like like okay like the Brian Cranston episode um I think it would have been better if it ended with you not knowing whether the alien was actually in him or not but at the end Mm -hmm. of him like you can't pronounce my name Cause it's not in English. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it just—it felt too, too um, pandering. That's that's the word I'm looking for. So, uh, yeah, because of that, because of like just kind of feeling like it, it didn't. I don't want to say like it didn't match exactly what I wanted. Um, I just felt like it could have been done a lot better. Um, a lot of the episodes could have been done a lot better. I, I feel like I didn't look at who directed each episode. I probably should. But I do feel like if this show was done to the extent of of uh, Black Mirror, it would be a thousand times better. So, okay, so each episode is directed by somebody different. That's what I was yeah, looking at. Yeah, each episode is done by someone different. And some of them well, are pretty big directors, too. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, uh, like, I think that's why I liked uh, Kill All Others and the Father thing so much was that the show, the episode always started off with, like, you're going to know everything by the end. It, did, it, didn't, it didn't convey this vagueness that was supposed to lead to ambiguousness that the other shows did without mm-hmm. giving you the ambiguousness. I think real life should it would have been way better if the audience left going, which was the real one? Like, giving the answer immediately just takes away that, that fun little mystery that you get through the episode. So, for me, for me, to very yeah. much clarify that. A lot of people I know hate that stuff, hate ambiguousness. I love the fact that Anton Sugar got away in No Country for Old Men, and that you really don't know what happens at the end because uh, James Earl or uh, James Earl Jones, uh, yeah, James Earl, no, 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 what's his name, the actor? Not seen it. 
I know I still need to watch it. Yeah, you do. Anyway, it ends ambiguously because the main character or one of the main characters. Um, but I think Tommy Lee Jones. To... Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, okay. His character, uh, you only see you. The only information you ever get is from his perspective. So if he doesn't know something, you don't know something. Uh, Just letting you know that now. Uh, so a lot like people hated that the ending of that movie because of that shit, and I was like, I loved it. I thought that was. Um. Or like a Christopher Nolan movie, for that matter. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, I digress. I I kind of enjoyed the show, but not enough to care about a season two. Yeah. Unless it's unless it's done differently. Um, also, gonna throw this out there. It's gonna sound messed up. Show needs a bigger budget, a way bigger budget. I a lot of the CG felt really out of place and like totally weird. Uh. I don't know if you saw it like I did, Josh, but in the episode um, Autofac, when the drone comes over the building, it looked completely, like, different. You think Amazon would just use one of their own drones for that? <laughs> Possibly, but, yeah. Uh, or, the, or the, like, the Autofac ship that comes and picks them up and flies away. I was like, oh, man, that was clearly added post. <laughs> Yeah, it just yeah, looks, that, it looks off. The effects weren't great, and you would think they would have better effects considering Amazon is one of the uh, most profitable corporations out there, but I guess their film division is not. I mean, it seems yeah. like Netflix has better production values in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or at least they stick within what they can do. Um, and they pay for better cameras. Uh, that was another thing with the show. Anyway, I'm getting off track here. Uh, if if you're just into sci-fi without the ambiguousness, if you really want just kind of neat side stories that have to do with sci-fi worlds, definitely check out the show. But if you're like me and you like mystery and ambiguousness to the nth degree, then maybe not for you. But, um, but yeah, like I said, give it a C minus. Josh, what is your rating? I'd give it a B. I'd give it a B. Uh, I mean, if you're a fan of Philip K. Dick in any way, form, or fashion, you will enjoy it. Um, I don't feel, you know, I've never read his works, but I don't feel that they gave their A game in this, uh, in every episode. I did enjoy it, though, um for what it is uh, I, I went in knowing all I knew that it was anthology series uh, I didn't read anything about the differences in the stories uh, versus the shows but I assumed there would have to be some changes uh, but I didn't hate it there was a couple episodes I felt were a bit weaker but overall I really enjoyed it as a casual fan if you're a casual fan of all things sci-fi I think you'll really dig it. Uh, if you're a hardcore fan of Philip K. Dick, you will probably like it really well. Uh, but yeah, it's well, my not... qu- my question my question, Josh, is like, because I mean, you got to agree about the the lack of ambiguousness. Like, just about every episode has the answer to what's going on. Um, so my yeah. question is, is like, w- were the books like that? I don't. Or know. did they end ambiguously? So. Uh, oh well, like I said, there is an article that I read. 
Uh, some of them did end the way that, uh, you know, they did. Others were left more wide open because they did some of the things they actually changed straight up. But they kept the overall themes or character names, but everything else was altered. And like I said, you know, I'll put a link to that in the description. Um, because having never read any of the works that they're based on, I can't answer that on the spot 100% accurately. Gotcha. But I do know, say for instance, real life, um, the, they, uh, they say that the story suggests that there's more to be said, but the episode doesn't really, uh, they just kind of lay it out there like you did. The story seems to be more ambiguous in its ending. That's, that would be awesome. Because at first, uh, when I was watching it, I was watching it late at night, and I was kind of tired. So I kind of nodded in and out of total consciousness and paying attention the first time watching it through. So I missed snippets here and there. And I see the ending, and I was like, oh, wow, so... Who was the who was in the real world and who was the construct? But then I went back and watched it and I was like, oh well, that's pretty much cut and dried there then. <laughs> but you know, paying attention, you see it's cut and dried. But not paying attention, I guess you would have the effect they were going for the ambiguity thing. I don't know. It's, but I mean, it's still it's it's an enjoyable. It's an enjoyable series. It's not Black Mirror level good, but it's not hateful. It's not bad. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get. I didn't give it a D. So. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather watch this show again than watch a season two of Devil Man Cry Baby. So there's that. Well, I mean, between this and. Uh, Devilman Crybaby. I mean, I'll watch this again easy. Uh, I don't know if you could pay me to watch another episode of Devilman Crybaby. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, uh, this episode's gone on a little longer than our normal yeah. one hour, so we're definitely going to wrap it up there. Um, guys, I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, again, as we say a thousand and one times, we really, really appreciate your support. It's it's awesome to hear from you guys to get your reviews to or, of, reviews of our review show, um, but uh, uh, yeah, guys, definitely go to our uh, Facebook discussion group. Even though all this news with Facebook isn't necessarily good, um, we promise that none of your information on our site is going to go anywhere but in our ears, eyes, our faces. It's go. It's it's uh, it's. <laughs> brain um you got anyway, one of those uh, right maybe yeah i mean yeah it's, we've got the facebook discussion dirty. group we got the facebook page come and chat and interact with us there i mean it's yeah, all it we, is we for always, me it's a tool we to always interact make, exactly yeah we always make uh I mean, we have like a discord and we have um you can always contact us via twitter and and Instagram and stuff like that, but definitely like let us know what you think of the shows that we review. Let us know if you agree with us or not. Uh, speaking of that, guys, next episode we are very excited about the next show that we're going to be oh, reviewing. Oh yeah! 
Uh, Lost in Space, a total remake of uh, that uh, that old serial uh, comic book that turned into a, a show that had a terrible movie as well in like the early two thousands. I want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's another show, and uh, we're both looking forward to it. I loved that show as a kid, man. I loved <laughs> that show as a kid. And it wasn't a great show by any means, looking back on it now, but I'm really excited about this. Uh, when I saw that it was coming out on April 13th, which is the day this podcast will be released on, uh, I was like, oh, yeah. There's our next episode. Definitely, we need to watch that. And I asked you, I was like, can we watch this? And you're like, yes. And I was like, yeah. So that makes me happy. <laughs> uh, what's the other thing uh, we're going to be watching? Well, before I get to that, um, oh, okay. briefly, uh, I'm, I'm in the talks right now with a friend who uh, wants to be a, have a guest spot on the show. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. I'm. Uh, so a long, long time ago. Do back they smell when I started, funny? Do they smell yes, funny? Yes, but... Okay. But... They so smell hilarious, not necessarily bad. Oh, okay. Uh, that is an awful joke. The, his name, um, it's either Ben or John. I'm honestly not sure because I'm communicating through them via their combined Twitter so account. So you don't know if his name is Ben or if his name is John? They're twins, Ben and John Abaya, and I just don't <laughs> know who it is that we're going to have on the show. Way to throw their last names out there. <laughs> oh, they, 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 they throw their last names out oh, there on okay. their own podcast. Okay, yeah. cool. Like, that's not, like, I'm not... <laughs> they're, like, they're like us. They don't care, then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, this, these two guys gave me my first start in podcasting. Oh, okay. I know who you're yeah, talking so, about now. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've mentioned them to you quite a few times. Uh, but, two yeah, uh, I'm really least. excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to have one of them on the show, and then I most likely might be a guest on their show. Uh, we'll see about that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to have them on talk about Lost in Space. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll again, I'll have a talk with them because I don't know if they're going to do the second show we're going to discuss, mm-hmm. which is Seth Rogen's hilarity for charity. Okay. Um, so during April first, Seth Rogen had a couple had a video up on on Netflix that was advertising this, and it was basically like a joke about what you have to go through in order to get a Netflix show. And it was silly and funny and goofy and uh, um, and uh, apparently the hilarity for charity thing is like as a big comedy special with a bunch of uh, celebrity comedians and basically people uh, of various comedy backgrounds like trying to raise money for boy I'm doing a terrible job of remembering what it's for. Well, you know what? We can just talk about it, you know, when we cover it. Next next episode. <laughs> Look, this is why I do all this stuff at the end of the show, guys, because if I did it at the beginning, we'd never get to the discussion. I'm also a scatterbrain, so there's that. So I hope you guys enjoy that of me. Uh, I know Josh does. He loves that I'm scatterbrained and never get to the point. Um, it's called... Uh, it just makes uh, editing... It just takes a little longer to edit the show. It's, you don't have to edit me. <laughs> just uh, the goodwill. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, Josh, go ahead and let them know about all the places that they can uh, follow us and talk to us again, even though we did talk about it a minute ago. Well, first and foremost, 
the easiest place to find us is at allcueduppodcast.com. There on the website for the show, you can find find a complete episode listing for all of our previous episodes, uh, what our next episode is going to be. Uh, We have recommended watching. Uh, We have blog entries, which I haven't done yet uh, last week or this week. Real life got in the way. Sucks when your spouse works from home for a company that is going out of business. And it kind of throws a monkey wrench in your plans. Stay classy, Toys R Us. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Well, you know, like they're going to be around to listen to it. I'm going to make a gif of, like, a guy throwing... A bag that says Toys R Us, like literally under a bus. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, <laughs> the whole face on the, guys. The, the the whole decision for them to just suddenly close their website down at six p.m. on a Saturday without letting any employees know, no, uh, it's and coming home yeah. to an email on a Saturday evening on your day off, finding out you no longer have a job—that really kind of took the wind out of her sails the past two weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't doubt it. Like yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I was, I was mad for you when I heard about that. Oh, dude, I'm still mad about it, apparently. I thought I was over it, but I'm not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) See, we have makeshift impromptu therapy sessions here at All Queued Up, too. But you won't find any of those available on our website, but you will find blog entries, and you'll find links to all of our audio locations, uh, such as uh, we have our listing uh, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify and Radio Public. And as we mentioned before, you guys helped put us on the map on the indie shows to watch on Radio Public. We are part of the paid listener programs there. If you're going to listen to us anywhere, we really appreciate if you listen to us on Radio Republic. Radio Public. Blah, blah, blah. Look at me getting tongue tied. That doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to, you can go ahead and throw us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher. We wouldn't turn that down either. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've no also kidding. got an Instagram account that's available there. We do upload uh, a video version if you like a more visual experience for your podcast. Uh, I, I create an image slideshow that uploads simultaneously to the audio version over on YouTube. And the links for all of those and our Twitter accounts are there on the website. Patreon page, everything. Yep. And keep in mind, if you guys do give us uh, feedback, we do we do read and listen to all of it. And we um, do take it into account and consideration, and we have implemented absolutely. some uh, of that feedback already. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And because um, every episode we're doing, we're getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And uh, we again like. Thank you guys for kind of going through with it with us. Uh, this is what, Josh, this is, still, this is your first and only podcast, right? Mm, well, it was my first, but I'm actually... <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, this will, uh, tonight I'm going to be recording my third episode with a group of guys. Actually, no. Yeah, that's the thing. I made a guest appearance this past weekend on uh, just another G.I. Joe show. Uh, podcast. It was actually broadcast live on YouTube, just talking about G.I. Joe stuff, uh, news and things like that. But I've been doing uh, for the past, tonight I'll make four weeks in a row on Wednesdays recording uh, Off the Runner. Uh, it's a podcast where me and a couple of other guys 
just build model kits and usually Gundams uh, on the show and just have BS sessions. That's not safe for work, so definitely keep that in mind if any of that interests well, you. Well, I'd say, I'd say this podcast isn't safe for work either. Yeah, yeah. Because well, we say fuck a lot. Yeah, but I say not, fuck a lot. I do too, but I don't think about it. I don't just consciously throw it out there just to say it like you just did to us. I mean, I could just throw a cunt out there as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that ending went all to shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, We're going to wrap says, it up here in a second, nobody, guys. Nobody's listening anyway, right? <laughs> I, I, I hope somebody is. I hope somebody is. And they're just like, what Some, is happening right now? Somebody's it's obviously listening because, you know, I don't know if you heard or not, but we made the indie shows to watch list that's trending on Radio Public last week. So Did we? Did, I, I have a question for you. Did we make the indie shows to watch list on Radio Public? Uh, we absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. That was a cool thing. <laughs> and we'll stop sucking our own penises about this now. <laughs> All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, uh, guys, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, uh, by the way, real quick, if you want to follow me on social media, I do a uh, weekly uh, Sunday news uh, video game news podcast. I was getting um, ready to say, where are you at? <laughs> um, that's pretty much all I do. Right, it's this podcast and that podcast. That's, that's really all I do. Because if I can't give my opinion somewhere, I I, I will lose my mind. Um, uh, but yeah, if you guys want to check that out, we do that every Sunday. At uh, 7.30 Pacific time. So 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and that'll, that'll run about two and a half hours, I want to say, give or take. One and a half if, if Anthony's computer's still not working. Is it still um, not working? He He's messed up a lot. Like, he's bought things that he didn't need or he, like, didn't properly look at the laptop or look at the computer and got the stuff wrong so anthony it's I'm okay ho- to admit when your knowledge is lacking in a specific area you can tell us he i don't claims, know he I, claims to have a guy looking at him <sighs> anyway regardless we still try to do the video game news podcast uh just because it's fun for us to do and you can see Josh in the, in the chat, and I'm giving him shit and he's giving me shit I'm also, actually friend, it's uh, usually me and valer giving anthony shit yeah, yeah, I was going to say, Valer's always giving me shit, no matter what. Well, he but, just does um, that to everybody. True, that's Part true. Part of his charm. <laughs> but, guys, we need to wrap this one up. It's gone way longer than it should. Yeah, um, we did not intend this for is, it, too, but this has I been always, a fun I, discussion. Yeah, I always love having fun discussions with you, Josh. I, I was, I was going to say, like, what's really funny about this show, this particular episode, is how different our opinions were on both shows. Um, but that's a good thing, though contrasting opinions because we don't sometimes i feel we don't have enough contrasting opinions about the things that we watch so it's really nice to have such a uh i mean i can play devil's advocate (laughs) you don't have to play it (laughs) guys Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening to the show. And if the end of this show has been as confusing for you as it has been for us, you're welcome. Who's confused? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to come up with a joke. Mr. N- yeah, no, no, but. It's called Yes and, Josh. Learn oh. improv. <laughs> well, you know, look where I live. We didn't have that kind of thing around here growing up. We didn't have I did live improv. in the middle of a city in California, so. Yeah. And here they still run fucking moonshine, so 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're going to have improv classes here. Uh. <laughs> uh. All right, guys. Again, thank you, and we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>